0: hello and welcome to
1: the music teacher coffee talk podcast i'm carrie and i'm tanya we are both elementary music teachers who love to talk shop preferably over a steaming cup of coffee or a tasty mimosa this is episode 100 today
0: we'll be sharing 100 of our favorite things in and out of the music room in celebration of our 100th episode so grab your beverage of choice and let's get started Celebration music, everybody, because it's our 100th episode!
1: Yay! Oh my! Okay.
0: Um, hi everyone, welcome to our 100th episode. Uh, we're gonna do things a little differently today in celebration of our 100th episode. Yes. We're gonna be talking about a hundred of our favorite things, and this was something suggested to us by <laughs> listeners. We didn't come up with this on our own. Yes. But um, but we're we're for it. But before we get into it, we have some thank yous to some shout outs to give. Yes, we do. Oh. Okay. Wow. Tanya's really into the sound effects today, everybody. Yes.
1: Maybe we shouldn't have poured the mimosas before we started recording. This is true. We are having mimosas. Just be forewarned. So we wanted to say thank you for buying us a coffee, Alexander, Jillian, and a few someones. Yeah. So um, we have a account on buy me a coffee, buy us a coffee. And if you would like to buy us a coffee, we would so appreciate it. We are actually using it for coffee yeah and soundcloud and today champagne and today champagne exactly
0: (laughs) and we'll have the button to do that on our show notes and it's also on our facebook page so either place we'll get you there so thanks for supporting us we appreciate you guys
1: yes we do so we're going to go through our 10 categories um, five of these categories are music room, music teaching specific, and five of them are just personal faves. Totally. Yep.
0: That's perfect. Um,
1: and we will share five each. Yeah. Yes. And then at the end, we'll have 100 things. Yeah. Yes. Sweet. Okay.
0: All right. So our first category is 10 favorite picture books for the classroom. Tina's yes. I'm just going to share her five first.
1: All right. Now, okay, I made some rules for each category, and I'm oh. just going to tell you real quick. Okay. I tried hard. I tried hard not to think too hard
0: yeah me too that
1: was when I sat down I was like what comes to mind and just write it down yes and not think about "Ooh, but I really like mm. I just because we that. could
0: both rattle off 20 I could books, go on, I
1: and on and on and on and I'm not going to all okay. right I took the moon for a walk okay it's a beautiful book um Leanne Gardner is who I learned this from who is a fantastic Kodai uh Dr. Leanne Gardner yes um Anyway, it's a beautiful book, and I pair it with I See the Moon and the Moon Sees Me. It's just lovely. It's very sweet. Um, Hand, hand, fingers, thumb.
0: Ooh, one thumb, one thumb. Drumming on a drum, Drum,
1: which, you know, I read to my children a lot and I use in the music room. Great steady beat book. One of my favorites. Um, the composer is dead.
0: I wondered if you would say this one.
1: Well, I just. It was
0: on my list and then I took it off because I knew you were going to say it. (laughs) Oh, I, I, I
1: I love Lemony Snicket. And honestly, I love Lemony Snicket's, um, shorter books and picture books. Best of all. Yeah. Like 13 Words is like one of my favorite all time books, you know. I don't
0: know this one. Oh. Oh, I'll have to
1: look. it's lovely there's a mezzo soprano in it mm. and a despondent bird but that's another story <laughs> um but the composer is dead is just so very clever and i i love a lot of satire
0: and it's great to have picture books for older kids and, yes
1: and it is very much an older kid book oh yeah and then the cd or i don't know what these days the mp3 that accompanies it is awesome um the composer is dead great for reviewing Instruments of the orchestra and um, a lot of dark humor. Yeah. Uh, Jenny Jenkins, I had to pick a fire robin. Uh huh. And I picked Jenny Jenkins because this is the one that mostly when I read this book to a class, this is the one they go again, again. Yes. And then we read it again. And then I had to pick Mary wore her red dress. Oh yeah. Because the when they
0: go to the birthday party, the when
1: they go they go to the birthday party. Yeah. Because we have black and white. Um, beautiful illustrations, and as each character is introduced, then that character's clothes turn their colors, yeah. and um, there's lots of visual jokes in the book Yes. that the kids get, and it's just such a A lovely book. I love that one. So those are my five. Mm -hmm.
0: Okay. Well, we had one overlap. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. All right. So my first one I'm going to mention is Your Name Is a Song by Jamila Tompkins-Bigelow. This is one that I've added the last few years into my beginning of the year lesson plans. Is just a reminder to students and myself the importance of pronouncing our names correctly and honoring your your identity and who you are and being proud of where you come from. And so that's just going to be an every year read um, for my classes. Uh, The Fox Went Out on a chilly night. Oh, I just got
1: the Fire Robin version cuz oh, I I didn't have that. I
0: don't have that. So the one that I have and I know you have is Peter Spire. It's I Peter
1: Spire? Yeah. You, know you
0: pronounce it. And we'll put the links to all these books that in the show is notes by the way. a
1: gorgeously illustrated book.
0: Yes. I, and I love the song and then I love to play the Nickel Creek me version. Me too. I did that it. yesterday. Oh, I haven't done it yet. So I think it's going to be a November thing for me. Um I love going on a bear hunt by the illustrations by Michael Rosen. Rosen? Mm-hmm. Rosen? I'm not pretty sure how to pronounce. Rosen. Rosen. Thank you. Um Great echo chant, um, great for loud and soft for the little ones. Um, I also chose Jenny Jenkins as my favorite Fire Robin. Yay. I just love the illustrations, and they use birds, and each one's a different color. Mm-hmm. And then I always tie that into Bluebird, Bluebird through my window, Yay. just a great little tie-in. And then my um, instrument book that I chose was Remarkable Farkle McBride by oh. John Lithgow. Yeah, um, just the illustrations are awesome. And mm-hmm. then of course there's a great like. Uh, read aloud kind of recording of it with him narrating and it's so much fun
1: yes and there's a youtube of john lithgow yeah yeah,
0: yeah. so that's totally. awesome too. yeah that's a great one for instrument time instrument time mm-hmm. all right
1: time. so you get to go first on this next one okay 10 favorite podcasts and um i do have one music ed related podcast yeah I-
0: have a couple music ed. I will be honest, I'm not as much of a podcast listener as Tanya is. Kind of, Tanya, you kind of turned me on to podcasts in the first place. And then when you said, hey, we should make a podcast, I'm like, you're crazy. Took some convincing, but here we are, 100 episodes later. Okay, this comes no surprise, but um I like my favorite murder. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that is seriously my favorite. I will listen to every episode. I sometimes listen to some of them multiple times. I just absolutely adore my favorite murder. Um, the other one that I listened to for a while, I'll be honest, I haven't listened to it as much recently, is Armchair Expert with Dax Shepard. Oh, yeah. And now it seems like they're bra- they're branching off and his wife, Kristen Bell, is hosting some episodes along with his... Co-host Monica Padman. Um, Yeah, I just think he brings on some really interesting people, and their conversations can be really interesting. Sometimes Dax gets on my nerves, though. You know, he's just a little bit too... He's a little Yeah, yeah, and a little bit too... Testosterone driven I don't know how to Describe it But um, <laughs> But I do enjoy it And I especially enjoy The back and forth With him and Monica As co-host um, Is really great Um, My my music room Ones that I'll shout out Is Oh well it's called that The music room With Aileen uh-huh. And sometimes Katie Minichi. Just love everything They have to say Aileen is just Such a wonderful Like Calm in the storm Person for me To listen to Yes um, Just her voice And her approach And everything about Aileen I just really love everything she does um i also love uh, dr Messi strong's music at amplified podcast Mm -hmm. she really is doing an amazing job of bringing diverse voices to the table which is something we all need to hear right now and i just really enjoy the conversation she has on there and then the last one i'll mention is the office ladies podcast i do love the show the office and the office ladies is gosh I, i should know their names in real life you know it's angela from the podcast or from the show and um Pam, Jenna Fisher. Thank you, Jenna Fisher. And what's Angela's real name in real life? Now I'm blanking. Someone's yelling at oh the Oh my gosh! Radio someone's shouting right it right now. Anyways, they they go back and rewatch the episodes and talk about all the behind the scenes stuff. So if you like The Office, definitely give The Office Ladies Podcast a listen. Okay. All right, Tanya, what's yours?
1: All right, so we only have one overlap here. Too. Oh, okay. Yeah, because like this was one that I have so many that I was like, no, don't think, just write I know. It down. You
0: have too many. Pages. I have a lot a of. Lot. I don't know how you have time to listen to them all.
1: Oh my gosh, I listen a lot.
0: Well, because you like to go on walks, and I use... go
1: on walks. Yeah. I, honestly, I listen in the shower. Mm. I do the laundry and listen. Okay. Um, I'm not happy with TV right now. Yeah. I'm not. I don't. I'm. I've not been able to find anything I like watching on TV. Right. Like hardly at all. So I just listen to a lot of podcasts. Okay. Okay. So, my 10 favorite podcasts or sorry, five favorite yeah, you get five. in no particular order. Um oh, and here's a little disclaimer. If you have listened to these podcasts, you'll probably notice some overlap in the structure of Music Teacher Coffee Talk the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I took a lot of inspiration as far as structure right. from some of these podcasts, so I'm outing myself right now.
0: Well, that's okay.
1: That's okay. All right. Um, I love Happier with Gretchen Rubin Mm -hmm. and her sister Liz Craft. Just lots of fun tips. And Gretchen Rubin just has, she's just a wealth of information. Um, And I appreciate that she and her sister are older like me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Slate Culture Gab Fest, um, which is one of the Slate podcasts. I listen to many of the Slate podcasts. The Slate Culture Gab Fest team, they can be, um, how do you say, a little highfalutin. Falutant and sometimes downright snobby. Okay. Um, they use a lot of, uh, the, well, some of the hosts, there's three hosts, use some highfalutin vocabulary that sometimes makes me roll my eyes, but they also, you know, they're just, they always bring up um, pop culture stuff that maybe I'm not going to have time to watch or hear or listen to. And it's just interesting to hear um, opinions on that. And I just, I love the Slate Podcasts in general. Um, Aileen's The Music Room Yay. podcast. I do listen to most of the music edu- education podcasts that I am aware of. Uh, I just like to know what's going on. Oh, yeah. And I just have to say, Aileen, Aileen Miracle is gold. Yeah. And almost everything I listen and hear from her podcast, um, again with Katie Minucci sometimes, I always come away with like one or two things that I'm like, oh, I have to look into that more.
0: Right. So
1: I really appreciate hearing um, from Aileen. Uh, I also love What Should I Read Next? Mm-hmm. because it's just fascinating to hear what people are reading and the suggestions. And I've gotten a lot of um, wonderful book suggestions from What Should I Read Next? and I'm a big fan of 10% Happier with Dan Harris, and it's a podcast about meditation. That sounds boring, but it's really fascinating. Okay. So there you go.
0: Thanks for all those recommendations. Okay. to listen to some of those. And now, and now back to the, the music room with 10 favorite classroom instruments. Now, I will say my, my thing for this was, like, I didn't consider, like, ORF instruments or ukuleles or things that were super expensive to me. For my list, when it's my turn, you're gonna go first. But I just wanted to say, for me, I went with low budget things. But I don't know if that was what we were supposed to do or not. Well, we didn't talk. We didn't talk. So you say yours and then I'll say mine. Okay. Because
1: I did not go with
0: that. Oh, okay. Go for it. But that's fine.
1: (laughs) All right. So, um, I love my cajon. I've got two now. So a cajon is a Latin American instrument. It's like it looks like a box that you sit on, but it's actually a drum as well. And the cajones are a big hit in my room. And I just love that kids can sit on them and play on them. And I like to sit on my bigger cajon and play guitar and keep a beat with my um, with my heel that is so against impressive. the cajon. <laughs> and uh, it also has some snares on the front. So you get these different timbres. It's just I love the cajon. Cool. All right. So we've been using that a lot in the past year. Um, I love tubanos. Yeah. I'm always getting more tubanos. Um, someday I'll have a class set, but as it's going, I get one or two new Tabanos a year. Yeah. So I'm up to like a half a class set. And you know what? We, along with Tabano and I'm kind of cheating here. I'm going to throw in Jim Bay's as well. Tabanos and Jim Bay's. I'm a big fan of Jim Bay's. Uh, the thing about Jim Bay's is that you have to show the kids how to hold them between their knees (laughs) and tilt it and they have to be in a chair. Honestly, I have the little ones sit on them and I put them like horizontal to the floor Oh, so I have I had them, to Think about that. Yeah, for so I have okay. them sit on like the trunk of the djembe Okay, and then play the front. Oh, that's fun. But yeah, it's fun. And... I have these
0: little like jembe holder things.
1: Right, I don't have any of those, and I, I haven't gotten any of those because they're gonna take up more room, and I just yeah. haven't gone there.
0: Yeah, storage of them is an issue. Exactly. And I just funny story. I keep them like under my table, like where I keep like all my whiteboards and like writing supplies. And mm-hmm. there was a kid who I was giving them like flexible seating one day while they were working independently. And I, she thought it was like a stool or something. So she got it out and started to sit it. And oh, then, my like her line. little booty started falling in it. And I was <laughs> like, that's not a stool. Like she wasn't trying to be naughty. She just really thought right. that was some sort of weird convoluted stool. That
1: would be some flexible seating. Right? Oh. Okay, sorry.
0: Don't, my don't sit story.
1: on your djembe holders. <laughs> yeah. And, and I also, I have some experience playing the djembe. I yeah. played for um, a West African drum ensemble and dance classes. So, you know, it's something I'm really comfortable with. All right. Um, What else? Rhythm Mm. sticks—the unobvious choice. Mm -hmm. They're just very versatile. Mm -hmm. I use them a lot. Yes, I count them as instruments, and um, you know, a little goes a long way. And then I'm breaking your rule. I included xylophones. Yeah, Um, that's great.
0: I didn't say you couldn't. I was just explaining. (laughs) I,
1: I would prefer to use xylophones. Um, Over-metallophones or (laughs) glockenspiels. I'm interested to hear about (laughs) glockenspiels. Just because it's such a great sound and they can be successful really quickly with them. And so I'm a fan of xylophones. Not that I don't use metallophones and glockenspiels. And and I wish I had more bass bars, but those are expensive and huge. So I don't don't have those. Um, And then ukulele. Because, you know, this is a very versatile reasonably inexpensive instrument that you can do a lot with and i don't really accompany myself on ukulele i gotta get better at that i i usually reach for the guitar if i'm gonna accompany on like a string instrument my yeah. are singing but as far as kids playing ukulele
0: oh yeah all right. Well, we have one overlap again. I love that. It's hilarious. Okay. okay. So guess what? I put rhythm sticks first because, Woo-hoo. again, they're they're cheap and cheerful and versatile. And I like to have two different sizes, one for the littler hands, longer ones for the older students so they feel like they're a little bit more yeah. grown-up version of rhythm sticks or the loomy, loomy sticks, sticks. Yeah. loomy sticks, however you pronounce it. Same difference. But, yeah, using them for, you know, rhythm play-alongs, using them for composition and share-outs, you know, there's lots of stick routines out there you can pull out oh yeah um my other like go-to is egg shakers I just love egg shakers I almost put egg shakers I really do I've talked about this so many times on this podcast but egg shakers are my go-to first instrument at the beginning of kindergarten and first grade we usually play them on the very first day because I want to get an instrument in their hands on the very first day of music I want them excited um, and Instruments does that for them and I just love that they're small and colorful and you really can't break them so you know of course I teach kids how to hold instruments properly and take care of them properly but it's a great first one to do that with. Yeah. Um, boomwhackers. Okay so I know this is this controversial. Some teachers especially Kodai inspired teachers <laughs> turn their nose up at Boomwhackers and I and get I it. And I
1: used to be one of them. I
0: get it because I know a lot of the issue is the fact that if you're in C Doe but I rarely have students singing and playing boom at the same time we're doing one or the other yes. so we're not singing in cedo so much um but they're really great i especially love them for stations that's where i use them the most Our yeah. students are able to independently play some song that we've learned on the boom and that's just a really great station because again i'm not worried about them destroying the boom again we talk about care of instruments but you know sometimes kids get a little excited Especially during stations. Um, I did include hand drums. I know that's not not necessarily a cheap thing. But even if you just have one for you to play Mm -hmm. for movement, activities, for students to walk to the beat or different rhythms that you're playing. But then, of course, if you have a class set or even a half a class set. um, So, like, just this week I did hand drums with first grade and we went every other kid. And then on each turn we just slid them to the right, slid them to the right. So every other turn they were getting to play different patterns on the hand drum well we were actually working on steady beat with the hand drum um and then the last thing I'll mention are tone bars like the individual the tone bars with the
1: white bars or the yeah black bars. people yeah. have
0: different names for them but I know them as tone bars Me too and then specifically if you have one of those little ladder things to put them on um I love that with my younger students and honestly even some of my older students to show them like solfege patterns and steps and skips within yes. solfege patterns as um, long as you're in the goosey exactly but yeah that's something that
1: but if you Um, had a ladder that does see my ladders have the bars connected to them right but i would love to get a ladder where you put the bars on and then you can change
0: that's exactly what we do so like in kindergarten this week you know we were doing lots of scale patterns down Mm -hmm. down 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 leaves are falling to the ground i don't even know if i'm in c but that's you know then that's a a pretty comfortable range to sing in um i know low c isn't the best but for an activity like that just to have them be able to play up and down on the tone bars is really great Yes. All right, next category, non-music related. 10 favorite places to visit. Now, can you remind me, Tanya, is this places that we have been or places we'd like to go? I can't. remember. I couldn't remember,
1: so okay. <laughs> I did mostly places I've been, yes. and then one place I want to go.
0: Oh, okay, deal. All right, okay. you share yours first. Oh, am I first? Yeah.
1: Okay. So no, wait, I'm... I'm first this You're time. You're first. Oh okay. gosh, I'm
0: sorry. I introduced myself then. That's okay. Okay. So I'm gonna just say first of all, my family we love camping. <laughs> so places here in Colorado, we are obviously very lucky to live in Colorado, where we can go lots of places camping. One of our favorite places is the Poudre Canyon, which is outside of Fort Collins, Mm -hmm. which is where Colorado State is, where we teach Kodai levels in the summer. Um, It's just a beautiful canyon with a river running through it, a, a stream running, well, the Poudre River. And there's a beautiful campground right on the river, and it's just absolutely beautiful. It's one of our favorite places to go. Um, Sayulita, Mexico is Ooh. another p- wonderful place. Now, I've only been there once, but um, my in-laws actually have a home there. The sad thing is they're actually wanting to sell it. Um, but it's just, it's a beautiful little town in Mexico near Puerto Vallarta. Um, walkable, everything's walkable. Um, lovely beach, great restaurants, and um, yeah, it's just a really beautiful, beautiful place to visit. Uh, Yellowstone. I threw Yellowstone National Park in there. We went a couple summers ago as a family. Again, we're tent campers so we loved camping in Yellowstone Park and it was just absolutely gorgeous. Um, For an international place, I'm going to say Prague. uh, My husband and I did like a European I mean you call it backpacking but it was like train backpacking, right? We weren't like actually like hiking backpacking. Yeah. But we did the whole like ride the train, stay at hostels. We did that like Uh, The summer after we graduated from undergrad, I think, or maybe it was two summers. Anyways, before children, you know, early on in our life, and we visited lots of amazing places, but we were very delighted by Prague because, Uh, you know, it's one of the the cities that still has its, like, old world charm and that it really wasn't touched by war as much as, or much at all, if I remember, um, you know, as far as buildings being destroyed, and so there are just these gorgeous cathedrals. Again, everything's very walkable, great food, and so cheap, like, at the time, so cheap, because they don't have the euro in Prague. I'm not sure if they do now, to be honest with you. I should know they I that, don't but, know. Um, out of all the places we visited, that was the only place that didn't um, use the euro as, as their currency, and it was so cheap, so, like, you go to a, a pub, and you get a big pint of beer, and it was basically, like... 50 cents. Wow. In in U.S. money. So, um, yeah, we just loved Prague. Okay. And then if I get – my fifth one is somewhere I want to go. I really want to go to Thailand. I'm just really fascinated by, um, you know, the culture. And, I mean, the food is amazing, obviously. You know, I've just seen pictures of beaches that are just look absolutely gorgeous. I have some friends who honeymooned in Thailand, and I was just so jealous of their pictures and their experiences. And they said it was just lovely. The people were lovely. So My
1: stepbrother and his wife, they spent like six months – Oh, in Gosh.
0: Thailand. Oh, yeah. That's really... I hate the term bucket list, but that's really one of the places that I would really love to go to someday. Why do you hate the term, term bucket list? I don't list? know, because it... It. I don't know. It made it like... I guess it implies that if you don't do it, you're a failure, and, like, you didn't achieve what you wanted to achieve. I guess I just don't like the pressure of it. Yeah. I could see that. That's That's all. It's yeah. not that I don't... I can't deal with the idea of death. I get it. But it's just more like... I would like to go there someday if it works out great. If it doesn't, that's okay too. But I'm not going to say I have a bucket list that if I don't cross off, I'm going to feel like a failure.
1: Right. That's my issue. I don't like the term bucket list list because I I never liked the saying kick the bucket. Well, yeah. (laughs) Um, Because I think that's kind of a crass way of saying die. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, it's all right. Yeah.
0: For me, it's just the idea of like you have to do it or you fail, like, because maybe I won't have enough money to be able to go to Thailand, you know? I mean, Uh I don't want to put that pressure on myself. Well,
1: you know, from what, and I have a few friends who have been to Thailand, the the issue is getting there. Well, that's it. Once you're there, like, it's expensive to get there. But once you're there, everything is extremely affordable. Right, yeah.
0: But I think if there's anything we learned with this, well, anything, there's many things we learned in those last couple years, is that, you know, you can make plans and you can make lists and you can make bucket lists, but... You know, life takes you in really strange directions, and sometimes things come first that you didn't expect to come first. Right, right, yeah. So. Anyways, okay. What are your five? Tell
1: okay, you? um, these are not in any particular order. Okay, I had to go with Breckenridge, Colorado, mostly because you were just there. Well, we were. Yeah, we. <laughs> this has been our my family's go to place. Yeah. Um, and since the pandemic started, because. I think I speak for both of us, Carrie, that I haven't been out of the state of Colorado since we were in Portland for the Oak Conference.
0: Oh, I have.
1: but oh, you have.
0: Yeah, but there were mostly oh, that's road right. trips just to see family. We haven't right. gone anywhere like excited. I haven't
1: been outside of Colorado um, since, since twenty twenty yeah. March Portland. Oak Conference. Okay. Um, so Breckenridge seems to be the place that it's, you know, it's an hour and a half away from our house. But it's a mountain town. And there's still lots of trails that you can hike. And it's like, it's just a cozy little mountain town. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. And we were just there for our, quote, fall break, which means a three-day weekend. Right. Um, <laughs> and, oh, my goodness. I was so excited that we were there while the colors were still. And they're still happening now. Yeah, fall is getting. um,
0: Yeah, we've had a beautiful
1: fall. Mm -hmm. It's really gorgeous. It
0: didn't snow, so I think that's it. Like normally here in Colorado, it'll snow at least once before Halloween. Or on Halloween, a lot of the leaves will get knocked down by the snow. Exactly. But it hasn't snowed. Yeah. Well, it
1: was snowing in Breckenridge when I was there. Oh, so pretty. And I spent like oh half a day in the hot tub while it was snowing.
0: Oh my gosh, that's the best. Surrounded
1: by like beautiful aspens, and the aspens, oh. They just they twinkle they're beautiful um so I had to go with Breckenridge because it's our go-to vacation spot um all right and then Seattle because I've been to Seattle a few times not a whole lot and um I have a few friends in Seattle and it's just the Pacific Northwest is beautiful and Seattle keeps popping up in my dreams I'm not sure why so it's something, it's a place that I dream about often, even though I don't always think about, oh, I got to get back to Seattle. I'd like to get back, of course. Yeah. Hopefully for I've world music pedagogy. To
0: Seattle.
1: Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. And, you know, it's got that gloomy charm. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Um, Dingle Peninsula in Ireland. Uh-huh. So my family, uh, we went there a few years ago now, and I have, we've hardly seen all of Ireland, you know, um. It would be nice to to see more and so i'll probably never make it back to dingle but the dingle peninsula is just a very charming villagey um area and pubs with music going on and it's just it's just beautiful very green ireland is so green um it's like it's like being in um alice uh, no sorry wizard of oz oh it's like the emerald city oh it is the emerald city yeah yeah um vienna Mm, yeah yeah I feel like we didn't have enough time in Vienna when my family went there's so much that I didn't get to see yeah um so many museums and we just had a beautiful time um and then a place that I have not gone that I've always been curious to go is Ghana oh yeah yeah and that would be fascinating just to
0: experience just to experience
1: everything yeah and uh that's it Cool. Yeah. So no overlaps there.
0: No, not yet.
1: That's all right. We'll keep on rolling. Do I get to introduce this one? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this is a funny one. Oh wait, no.
0: So no. we did it wrong. I introduced it and then you go first. Okay, fine. <laughs> I messed it up last time. It's all good. Okay, we're back to the music class. Um, 10 favorite manipulatives or materials. Like, what are the things <laughs> that you feel like you just couldn't teach
1: without? Okay, so the rule for this for me was now that I'm a traveling teacher, these are the things that I always put in my rolly box. Yes, I like that. Okay. Yeah. Or have two sets of, even. Or have two sets of. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, I, and I've got several things on here that I have two sets of, and one's at the traveling school, one's at my home school. Okay. Right. Beat strips. <laughs> I um, have, and I'm not talking like a page 11 by 14 or whatever. I'm talking pretty long, long. beat strips. Yeah. And on one side, I've got four red hearts. On the other side, I've got three blue hearts, so we can be in, you know, four, four, or three three, four. And you know, if I can be creative, I can be two, four. Right. Yeah. So I use the beat strips all the time. It's great for tracking, just steady beat, and they're generic. They're beats. So it's not like I have to have, here's my Halloween beat strips and here's my St. Patrick's Day beat strip. I understand why people do that and that's cute, but I don't have that much room.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: Um, so I just have these generic beat strips. We use them for, comp- for improvisation. Uh, I've had kids, like, put Popsicle sticks or mini erasers right on top of them. I just Mm -hmm. use them all the time. Yes. They're always with me. Mini erasers. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I've got so many mini erasers. (laughs) So many. I'll include pictures at some point um, because I did do a lot of reorganization this past summer. Yeah. And I have to tell you, most of it was mini erasers. Yep. Yeah. And every time I see new ones, I stop myself because I am done. I do not need any more. Yeah. Um, My beat and rhythm sign. Yes. Yes. So one side says beat, the other side says rhythm. And then I made one with a little emoji of me, bitmoji of me with a big old heart beat and the other side rhythm. Um, and I use that all the time.
0: Cute.
1: Staff boards. Uh-huh. And so that's, you know, five lines. And for staff boards, I'm including the one-line staff board, the uh-huh. three-line staff board, all the five-line, all variety of staff boards. And of
0: you, are those just printouts of papers? Or do you actually have them in like a hard laminated
1: Okay, format? so I've made them on cardstock and laminated them. Okay. But lately, I've been using the ones that were in the dollar spot at Target over the summer. Oh, that's right. And those are awesome.
0: I didn't get it. They've got the
1: colored rectangle on top. It's either red or green. Mm -hmm. And on the bottom, there's a five-line staff. Oh,
0: that's so cool. And
1: I've been using those, like, exclusively this year. I'm so
0: jealous. I was only able to snag, like, ten of them. Oh, they are awesome. Yeah.
1: Okay. Oh, we probably should include pictures, maybe. Hmm. these things that we're talking about well okay all right and my, my last manipulative that i'm a big fan of rhythm tent cards melodic tent cards okay so these are a piece of cardstock, and i've made them myself uh where you print it out so that you can fold it up so it's like a tent on the floor right and so anyone who is looking from across the room can read, say, the rhythm correctly right. from left to right. But it's also printed so that the kid who is sitting with it in front of them can read the rhythm or the melody correctly from left to right. right. So I used to just have rhythm cards on the floor and if we were doing something like king of the mountain i would say all right kids on the opposite side you're just gonna have to like read backwards." read backwards and yeah that's what down. i do <laughs> and i understand and there's there's value to that for right. sure but the rhythm tent cards are just makes it easier. yeah i bring those with me everywhere i go and i've made additional in fact i think i left some at my at my mountain school that's all right <laughs> everyone needs those tent cards yeah okay nice all right,
0: um, one one overlap on this one. So um, Popsicle sticks, I will say you mentioned it, you know, for doing rhythm dictation, really great. Um, yes, I also have beat strips, so we do it right on the beat strips. So Popsicle sticks for rhythm dictation, awesome. Um, mini erasers, surprise, mm-hmm, surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, I used my Halloween mini erasers just this week as we were prepping tikka-tikka in third grade. So we yes. either had to put one sound or two sounds or four sounds on a beat. Um, and that was kind of my... Um, formative assessment to see are they ready for me to present Tikka Tikka? because they had to create their own and then clap it for me. Um, Rhythm blocks. So these are like the one by one uh, cubes that are made of wood mm-hmm. and I will say like a tip for this is like if, if you have any sort of like resale store for teachers, we actually had one of these in Denver. I think it's closed now. Thanks.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's closed. No,
0: no, no, no. Not the school supply store. No, there was a place where people could donate stuff like crafty kind of stuff and then you could go and get stuff really cheap for teachers to like make manipulations my music room (laughs) right well in my case, when I started at the school I'm at now, they were getting rid of a lot of math manipulatives that they were no longer using. So anyways, these one-by-one one cubes, I was like, I'll take those. So I have a set that have just ta, ti, ti and rest. And then I have a set that have... And these are
1: like, are these the, like dice? Yeah, they're like yeah, dice, yeah. exactly.
0: Um, I don't use them so much like dice because I want kids to be more intentional when they compose, although you could do, you know, dice yes. composition. But we use them for dictation, for composition. Um, I have a set with tikka-tikka, um, and then I found some that were a longer. They're not quite, like, twice as long, but they are longer. So I
1: put, like, two, Ooh, and, I yeah. put and I put tea ta
0: t and I put tom tea on them. So yes. even for older students. Ooh, I
1: need some of those. Yeah, I don't yeah. know.
0: I, they were, like, again, just, like, these wooden cubes and different shapes that were in the math manipulatives. I have some pile.
1: foam like that. Yeah. But I had to glue some together.
0: Oh, yeah, no, these are actually wooden things on their own. Um, Tanya did a great story about this game, fiddle so I want to give a shout out to Fiddlesticks so you use the large popsicle sticks to create this game and you know I'll just link to it in the show notes where Tanya talks about it but it's it's basically a reading game I found it on Pinterest as a sight word. Game.
1: A lot of people call it kaboom.
0: Yeah where mm-hmm. like you put a rhythm pattern on it the students take turns drawing a, a stick from the cup you read it if you read it right you keep it if you don't you put it back and then there's some of them that say Fiddlesticks or you could do kaboom and if they get that then they have to put all the sticks back
1: Hey can I mention something because I was thinking about this when I had my kids doing it this past week um, using fiddlesticks is that for a um, later practice thing, I like to have the sticks in there that says, you create a rhythm using t
0: Oh, cool.
1: So they pull it out and they have 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 to improvise improvise on the spot.
0: Oh, I like that. That's a great idea. Um, Yeah, so I have multiple sets for different um, rhythmic concepts and I use them in stations a lot, which is great. And then the last thing I want to mention is something I did not make. I bought, and I'll link to in the show notes. It's a felt staff with, like... Colored circle note heads that you uh-huh. can stick anywhere you want, but the colors are color coded to the Are they velcro? Yes. Yeah, they're velcro. This is yeah. your velcro bit. They're my yes. velcro staff, and it's like one big giant velcro staff. I've actually have multiple sets of this, and again, I love it for stations because I can put a song on the staff, it's color coded. Put it, I stick it on a music stand and hold it with a clip, and then the students are able to play the song um, on the boom-whackers, And I don't have to like print out charts or anything like that. I just, and then I i have i have two of them so if i have two classes doing stations in the same day i can quickly swap out the, the felt staff and i want to say it's like 35 bucks or something like that for one of them um i think it's from groth music so anyways i'll put it in the in the show notes
1: i tried to make my own with like sparkly glue yeah no didn't no, work didn't work no because kids pick that stuff off sure okay now we are really out of the music room but in music spaces because Mm -hmm. oh this one was so hard 10 favorite concerts we've seen oh
0: i know this i mean i definitely used tanya's rule on this one like first thing that came to mind because obviously there's so many we've seen and participated in it's hard yes um okay so here's these are the ones that popped in my head um tori amos is one of my favorite musicians of all times and i got to see her at red rocks and that was like life changing it was so good Um, Tom Petty (laughs) was a surprisingly awesome show so my husband and I went to Bonnaroo one time um, that was interesting that's awesome um, I want to go and Tom Petty was one of the headliners and I was like oh Tom Petty he's great you know it was like an incredible show and then Stevie Nicks popped in to say, oh my stop dragging my heart around and it was it was so much fun because it was one of those shows when you know every song and every word to every song yeah and it was great um, at the same festival this is the reason why we went we saw Radiohead um, another favorite group of mine so Radiohead at Bonnaroo was that was the whole reason we drove thousands of miles um, to go to this festival and it was great. Um, okay, here's a classical one. So I mentioned Prague earlier. Mm-hmm. When my husband were in Prague, we got to see the Czech Symphony Orchestra and they played Shostakovich Five, which wow. is like one of my favorite symphonies and it was incredible. And seeing an orchestra concert in Europe... I was really taken aback by the different level of appreciation because mm-hmm. we saw a few while we were there classical concerts and I, it made me sad for America um, because like because we're dumb well they because always we clap give like movements yes and they give multiple standing ovations and there's always an encore like at, like every symphony has like an encore like a signature encore that wow. they play it's like that doesn't happen here you no. know um, anyways that was really cool and then um, I'm a big bluegrass fan and we love to go to this festival called rocky grass and there was one particular show at that festival that was really great it was the sparrow quartet which is abigail washburn bella fleck and two other people um and it was just a really incredible set and um they're just really great to listen to the sparrow quartet is what they're called all right tanya what were your five
1: that you had to go with this was really i know really hard (laughs) because my favorite thing in the world Is to see live music. Yes. Um, It was hard. I could have gone by decade, you know. Anyway, so I had to go with, when I was 14, one of the very first concerts I saw of my own choosing um, was U2 on St. Patrick's Day here in Denver at a place called McNichols Arena, which doesn't exist anymore. So, you know. Um, But just because at age 14, it was, I was a huge fan Still am, generally, of U2. I've seen U2 several times since, but there was nothing like this concert where, you know, you're very impressionable, age 14. The show opened with a bunch of bagpipers um, on the stage. Oh, cool. uh, Playing, and it was amazing, and it was U2, and if you have, I mean, I don't, I haven't seen U2 in in quite a while, because... Honestly, I can't afford the tickets. Right. And I've seen you two like five times. So I kind of feel weird justifying spending. Hey, never feel plus. weird about
0: justifying a concert. Yes. But well, I know that it's expensive. Yes.
1: So, and now I'm thinking of all these others I need to, to mention. Um, okay. <laughs> You only get five. I only get five. You okay. get four more. I get four more. I will have to say, seeing Beck at Red Rocks, mm-hmm. I've seen Beck a couple of times. Yeah. It's just that this particular Red Rocks show was just just fantastic. Yeah. Beck is one of those. I will see him he he's like my um green eggs and ham uh, you will see him
0: in a box I will, I will see, see him with a fox with a fox. Okay. I will see him on a
1: Sunday night. Yeah. Which is like I don't do anything on a Sunday hey, night. So those are mist-tested. sacred. Yeah. <laughs> uh Beck I just he's he's like he's like my birthday buddy too because his birthday is like ten days before mine. Huh. I mean, literally. And uh, I just his music helped me get through the pandemic, one of his albums. Um, was just really, anyway, Beck, 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 Beck. Uh, I've got a classical one too, The Rite of Spring, just by the Colorado Symphony Orchestra, oh, Stravinsky's yeah. Rite of Spring. I want to say it was Marin Alsop, but I'm not positive that who was conducting right, there. Right, right. But um, it's just a piece that I love, 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 and they did such a like so beyond what I thought it was going to be live. Yeah. And it was just a fantastic concert. Sylvanesso in Denver because it was a small venue. I'm a big fan of Sylvanesso, um, and they are magic. and I will see them anytime. That's one of those concerts that I will push my way to the front of the stage, and hold my ground and yeah. dance, dance, dance. Cause, because, because, um, and then I have to say Peter Murphy at the Ogden in Denver. Peter Murphy was the lead singer of a group nobody knows anymore called Bauhaus. And I've always been a big fan of Bauhaus. And when I saw Peter Murphy at the Ogden, it was like a few months after David Bowie had died, which was a big deal um, to me. And he covered a David Bowie song, The Blue Bueh Brothers, which is like a little known song, but happens to be one of my favorite David Bowie songs. And then to hear Peter Murphy do this in a very small intimate setting was just, I just cried a lot. And so you notice I'm not mentioning. Um, I'm trying to go with concerts. I don't know. I, 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 I've seen David Bowie many times. I'm not mentioning David Bowie. Yeah. I'm not mentioning so You're many cheating. things. You're cheating. I'm Tanya. cheating, but I'm not. I'm, <laughs> and I'm done now, even though there were so many that I, know. I could say. That was All right, tough. No more. Okay. Next category. Back to music. Okay.
0: Favorite tech oh, tools. Favorite tech tools. Oh, man. We've had to learn so many tech tools. Okay.
1: So I was like is this mean just tech tools i use in planning in teaching i, so I just just threw my top okay. that what came into my mind that i've been using a lot 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 okay okay so i use google slides like for everything mm-hmm. it's kind of like my lesson plan in the moment because mm-hmm. i just pretty much have a slide or a few slides for every lesson segment and i love that the kids can i can project it on the board and i know um, those of you who have been teaching a long time might understand that we used to write everything on the board. Or, oh, yes. And that was kind of a pain or because, overhead projectors. Yeah, And I remember like covering things up with butcher paper because I'm like, well, second grade shouldn't see thi- see mm-hmm. this part because it'll confuse them and it's too, too much visual clutter. and so Google Slides is just there. And it lives in Google land. It mm-hmm. lives on the cloud, and that's awesome. And I can refer back to them year to year to year. I also put GarageBand because when I do have iPads, which has not been, uh, I have my own iPad, but as far as like kids using them in the music room, GarageBand, it's it's a little bit too much for kids. Yeah. But I love how easy you can especially put like rhythms together, beats together, and make some kind of soundtrack. So I use it in my classroom just as a one iPod, uh, iPad iPad. Thing where I'll throw together some kind of like really basic um, beat track that we can chant rhythms to or sing along with or whatever. So garage band. Um, I had to put Loom in there because when we were doing everything virtual, I used Loom a lot, a lot, a lot. Oh yeah. And I'm still using my Loom videos that I've made. Mm-hmm. Um, like it was been it was really fun this past week because with kindergarten we were doing Five Little Pumpkins. And I had made a video of me reading Pop Five Little Pumpkins with great visuals. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to sit back and And let let this, let the screen Miss Lejeune do it all. Yep. Uh, So that's been great. Um, I love Nearpod. Nearpod is a gift. And I am really close to getting a subscription. Yeah. But oh man, I'm so this subscription thing is getting a little crazy. I know. So yeah, Nearpod and then um, Incredibox Mm. is just a great go to for kids. To I I wish they would mix it up more and make more free things because I I love the um, Indian um, Incredibox. Yeah. But you can only access that if you've paid for the app, which I have on my own iPad. But not there's not you can't web version. Right. Like the bollywood sounding one yeah. or yeah so those are mine cool
0: Okay. um Well, I'm going to say Seesaw. First of all, I love Seesaw for all grades. Some people think Seesaw is just for primary. See,
1: now you're saying that. I'm like, oh, yeah, Seesaw. Well, exactly. Oh, yeah. I mean,
0: and I say that I've been using Seesaw longer than the pandemic. Somebody queued me into Seesaw, gosh, it was like six years ago, a classroom teacher, and just love it. I love it for all grades. Kids are able to draw to and drag and drop and record. That's the really big thing that they're able to record both sound and video right there in Seesaw, and you don't have to send them to another place so I love it for that. Um, Chrome Music Lab. I think we've yeah. all come to love Chrome Music Lab. Especially the song maker. Mm-hmm. Um, again, C. Doe, but <laughs> the color-coded notes, but it's really great. you don't have great. to do things in No, C-do. no, no. You don't. You don't. But um, I love with Chrome Music Lab that you can even set it to be like pentatonic so mm-hmm. they're only getting that. You can you can kind of preload it ahead of time to what you want them to use I've it been for. doing a lot of
1: F major stuff. In, yeah. In, oh,
0: yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah totally. Um, I want to give a shout out to Jamboard. That's a tool that I discovered during the pandemic that I really like doing different things That's I love hate
1: with Jamboard. It did <laughs> me wrong, virtually.
0: Well, yeah, you have to know when to give students the ability to all collaborate on one Jamboard. You uh-huh. have to know when they're ready for that
1: step. Yes, I'm I just did a big
0: not. fan of giving them their own Jamboard.
1: Yes. To do. But having... <laughs> But having kids go to one jam board virtually, they just all start scribbling. Exactly. It drives yeah. me crazy. So um,
0: I did a lot of like individual jam boarding before I ever let them do a collaborative one.
1: Yes. Um,
0: I want to mention iTokyo. We both use iTokyo as our grade book and our um, seating chart app. Tanya and I, and we've talked about on this podcast oh, before. Oh, yeah. I do um, you. Just really great for the organizational teachery stuff. stuff. Um, and then I will mention Soundtrap. So Soundtrap, we are lucky to have that in our district. Oh, I should have
1: said Soundtrap. Well,
0: you said GarageBand. I mean, it's very similar, I right? I know, but... But what I love about it is that you know, the students can access it on their Chromebooks, they can save their work. Um, we are just lucky that in our district we have a subscription um, district oh, wide. Yes. So all of our students have access to it through their Google accounts. And account. I still see
1: kids uh pop up in my gmail yeah. who have been tweaking you know assignments from last year, yep. and kids that I don't even teach anymore. Yep. Yeah.
0: So I've been using that this year. So my fifth graders once a week get pulled for band or orchestra, um, and that leaves me with like half a class. And so those days are soundtrack days. So I'm trying to make those days really fun for the students who chose not to be in band or orchestra, and give them a very different experience. So like every week we do a little mini project, and oh, then yeah. um, you know we'll start going to lar- larger long term projects where they'll go back to it and edit and all that kind of stuff later so that's
1: awesome yes all right i wish i would have said i wish i would have said Do- Idokyo. oh well i know, wish i would I, I cheated soundtrack. because i
0: actually had Incredibox on here and i switched real quick to Idokyo because okay. i wanted to mention that too so
1: it's all good all right so back out of the music room yeah um 10 favorite books Okay. Did you go nonfiction, fiction, or mostly what?
0: nonfiction? Because I'm—I mean, sorry, mostly fiction. I'm not a good nonfiction reader. I'm just really not. So I think they're all fiction. Um, okay, I'm gonna cheat, and I'm gonna say Harry Potter. Oh, <laughs> all of them. I—I yeah. I mean, okay, if I had to have a favorite Harry Potter, it would really honestly probably be seven. Just oh, because. Oh really? Mine's man. six. I yeah yeah I don't know seven I'm just, just a big Snake. like finale person okay but all of them really I mean how can you pick um life of pie I love life of pie I book. have not
1: read that oh it
0: is so good actually I think we did the audiobook while we were driving on a road trip once my husband and I um and then I read it afterwards because I liked it so much and then the movie I thought they did a pretty good job too um woman in the window I know there are lots of girl on the this and women on the this um books out there <laughs> but out of all all of those genre. I loved women, Woman in the Window. Um, it's real dark. It's it's real messes with your head at the end. Um, and then speaking of which, the other one I will say is Gone Girl. I just loved the book of Gone Girl. Me too. That was one that I did backwards. I saw the movie first, and then I went back and read the book. The book is so much better. Um, the movie is pretty good.
1: The movie is very true. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah,
0: it is. But I just like the way the book is written, because you get a little bit more of their individual perspectives, I guess, is the reason why I liked it. Um, And then this last one, Tanya, you're going to laugh. I'm a sucker for Dan Brown. I'm sorry. (laughs) I I like good Dan Brown. I've read pretty much all of them. Um, But out of all the Dan Browns, I love Angels and Demons. That, to me, was better than the da vinci code i liked the now, setting better what is that
1: what's the setting of that
0: angels one? and demons they're in on um, vatican city
1: oh in rome okay. so what's the one that i have to read for my upcoming washington dc oh that's the lost
0: symbol that okay. one's set in washington dc which is pretty good but i'm gonna try to
1: read that next angels
0: and demons is really fantastic and when my husband and i were in europe we were in vatican city and like doing all of the angels and demons stuff in Rome we were going to all of the different churches and all the different landmarks and we see other cheesy Americans doing the same thing we're like are you looking for the thing from angels and demons it was just really fun we felt like (laughs) we felt like we were on a little scavenger hunt um you know yeah, take it as you will. Angels okay. and demons, Dan Brown. That's my fifth one. I will mention.
1: Okay. Okay. Tanya, yeah. what about you? Well, this was really hard. So here. <laughs> you say that about everyone. I know, but it's so true. I want to say six, but okay. Um, so here was my rule that I had to make for this one. <laughs> yes. There There are some books that, I, whenever I read a something and I'm enjoying it at the t- enjoying it at the time. Well, if I'm not enjoying it, I am not. A fan of plowing through if I don't if I'm not into it within the first I don't know 50 pages I'm done yeah life's too short I'm not gonna unless it was for a book club or something sure I'm not gonna finish reading it but these are the books that I think about often like scenarios from the books come up or sometimes I dream about or whatever and so I have to say Station Eleven by Emily St. John Mandel is just a a brilliant book and it centers around a pandemic so if you're squeamish or if it's too close if it's too soon i understand that but it is just a, a excellently written book so good um and i'm a big fan of timeline jumping so this book is one of those where you know you hear something that happened 20 years ago and then here's what's happening present day and like there's a lot of that so i love that station 11 big fan um, not a sunny book but an awesome book mm-hmm. uh, Dawn by Octavia Butler so Octavia Butler is brilliant, uh, was brilliant uh, science fi- fiction writer and Dawn is the first of a trilogy and it's about a woman who's being reawakened on a planet, she's one of the humans that have been saved from the planet and she has to adapt to like life with the aliens mm-hmm. and I know that sounds hokey I am not really a big sci-fi person, oh, yeah. but this book is just, oh, it's just so impactful. Um, okay. Bellwether Rhapsody. Oh, that was a great book. By um, Kate Raculia, Racouli- Ra- I think is, is her name. Um, and all of her books are really good, very quirky. Yeah. So Bellwether Rhapsody takes place um, pretty much at, like, a state music... Uh, conference. Yeah, reading this book cracked me up
0: because it was like 1996 mm-hmm. and that's when I was going to state music yeah. conferences. So that it was, was my like, senior year of high yeah, school. It was like so all state like, choir, all state orchestra
1: me. and all state band and the students, the high school students and the music teachers who were all there at this one hotel converging and like there's a ghost story that's woven in there Mm -hmm. and it's just so quirky and one of the main characters plays bassoon yeah and oh there's so many references to classical music that if you know you know yeah and if you don't you'd be like who cares but but i just love all that um along the same wave is every anxious wave by mo d i want to say davia And this author, um, female author, this is like the only book she's written. And it's a time travel book. But it centers around this guy who was part of an indie rock band but now owns a bar in Chicago. And he finds a time traveling wormhole in his closet. Mm -hmm. But he uses it. And I'm not giving anything away here. It happens within the first few pages. He uses it for um, sending friends who pay him. It becomes like a little side project, side hustle for him. Sending people to concerts that okay. they want to go to. Okay. So um, that's how it starts out is that he's like, you know, where you want to go? Woodstock? Okay. And then he gives them like a, an iPhone to get them back and they get to go. And anyway, so um, I love this book because there's so many references to indie bo- rock bands that I'm a big fan of. Mm-hmm. And like, there's so much like emotion connected to specific songs and specific, specific artists, lots of Elliot Smith references, mm-hmm. if you're into that. And, um, but then it goes more places with the time travel aspect and it's just so well written. In fact, it's funny cause, um, I was talking to somebody about this book and I just ended up reading it again. So I think I've read, read it three times since I first read it, which was like two years ago. So it's, I think it's one of those I'm going to read every year. Uh, okay, and then I have to mention 1984 by George Orwell, which is a bleak book, but something I think about pretty much daily. Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> I know people don't like when we get political, so I'm not going to get political. I'll just say that since, since, since 2016, I think about 1984 daily. Oh, Okay. So anyway, I need to
0: reread it. It's, it's been a while. such a good book.
1: Maybe. It's not an easy read. No, and I don't mean that there's big words. I mean that it's like very grappling with grap- this. yeah grappling yeah. with all of. But I think about this book all the time.
0: Okay, so there you go. That's lovely. I was also going to say <laughs> the
1: Hunger Games, but that's another one. Stop cheating.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Love the all Hunger right. Games. Back to the music room, well, or music inspired. So we want to highlight 10 favorite music teachers or or people in the profession that you would want to follow, read, listen to, watch. These aren't necessarily Instagram people, although they could be Instagram people. There's something wrong with that. But these are like, if this person was presenting at a conference or if this person put something out there, you would know you can trust it because Mm -hmm. it's just going to be good, solid stuff. Yeah. So not necessarily how many followers they have on Instagram. No. These are just good, no. solid pedag- pedagogues. We'll just put pedag- it out way.
1: I- I'm a fan of, yeah. of, of pedagogy. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I'm a fan of following people whose pedagogy, I think, is really, like, rooted in the same belief system that I've got exactly. going on.
0: All right. So you get to go first, Tanya. Right. I know we're going to have some overlaps here.
1: Okay. This That's was, okay. Yeah. Yeah. There was... Um... All right. So like you said, not necessarily Instagram people but I use the same rules as I use with concerts uh-huh. that people, if I know they're coming to town, I'm going to go that I'm going to make extra effort to make sure I am there. Yeah. To, to see what they say, hear what they say, see what they present. So I have to say Dr. Karen Howard, um, she came out, uh, she is in uh, Minnesota Mm-hmm. and I am sorry, I'm spacing out on her university right now, but uh, she is a world music, Pedagogy instructor and uh, music ed instructor, and she has restarted World Music Press. If you're familiar with Let Your Voice, sorry, oh my goodness, what the African um, Let Your Voice Sing is what I want to say. I should have written that. Let Your Voice Be
0: Heard. Let Your Voice Be Heard. There we go. Yes,
1: the collection of songs from Zimbabwe and Ghana. Yeah. Um, which was under World Music Press. So Dr. Karen Howard. Um, along with Dr. Patricia Campbell, has restarted World Music Press under a different name. Uh, if you're familiar with the recent World Music book that came out under Fire Robin's GIA Publications, first steps in global first music. steps in global music. Yes, yes. Um, and then she has also danced like a butterfly. Yeah, that recently came out with one of her uh, mentors.
0: mentors. Yeah. Anyway,
1: everything that Dr. Karen Howard. Uh, talks about when she talks about um, cultural appropriation and when she talks about embracing world music and when she in the the music that she does include is just so accessible Mm -hmm. like within her books and I will see her where you know if she's within 50 miles of where I am Dr. Karen Howard is just wonderful read her things buy her books if she comes to town you need to see her. Yeah. Yes. It's more um, her workshop that she did with Rocky, the regional organization of Colorado I Educators, was much more philosophical grounded, sure. which is what I think a lot of us need. Yeah. Right yeah. yeah. So Dr. Karen Howard, gold. Um, Aileen yes. Miracle yes, uh, is one person that I can always count on. If I am like, oh, I need a TPT product for this, I know Aileen's got it. And she's pretty much the only TPT seller that I am consistently, Aileen is a go-to, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but not just that. Aileen's podcast is wonderful. Her sessions that she presents in various parts of the country, plus at Oak conferences or state conferences, they're always worthwhile. Yeah. I mean, much of it is something, mean, because I've been a long... Uh, I've been around for a long time a lot of it is yes I've already done I've done this and I, I'm familiar with this but there's always some little thing that Aileen presents that I'm like oh I hadn't thought about that I'm gonna right. try this so Aileen Miracle is one to follow Brandy Pace of Decolonizing the Music Room yes is fantastic to hear her speak and the her writing is just it's exactly what we need mm-hmm. right now um you should be a member of Decolonizing the Music Room on Facebook. There's not a lot on Facebook that I want to see anymore because I'm very discouraged yeah. by most of the music education groups on Facebook. I'm truly disgusted with some music educators' opinions and directions that they're going, yeah. but that's another podcast. And <laughs> But a place that I often visit is Decolonizing the Music Room. And yeah. Anything that Brandy Pace is writing, we should be reading. Yeah. All right. Jill Trinka, an oldie but a goodie, because Jill Trinka (laughs) really is who started me on my um, Kodai path. Yeah. And Dr. Jill Trinka is a just fantastic pedagogue plus folk song researcher. Yes. And someone you should know about. Yeah. Yes, there are materials in Dr. Trinka's volumes there are songs in there that maybe we are not going to use any longer yeah but um you should know about dr Jill Trinka. yeah yes and if you see her present go. she's go 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 <laughs> and then i had to throw in david rao because yeah. i have to say um david rao is a orf practitioner but david has been doing for many for a couple of years at least two Um, On Monday nights on Facebook and on Instagram, he does a one hour live and he just tells you what he's been teaching that week. Mm -hmm. And I think that if you're a new music educator or if you are um, starting back into music teaching, that if you're like, oh my goodness, what do I do with second grade? David is excellent because he's got some really solid procedures and song literature that he talks about And he's very specific, and I really appreciate hearing and seeing someone who is not just talking the talk, but is like saying, this is what I'm doing with second grade. We take this song, I use this puppet, blah, 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 blah. And if I were a brand new music teacher, I would be watching David every week and just trying those things out in my classroom. Sure. So, And I still tune in and watch what David is doing um because he's just very solid. Oh, I've stuff.
0: gotten some great tips from him especially on incorporating bard instruments and
1: kind of processes for that. Yeah. Experience. Oh, and he's another one on TPT that I would without hesitation say. Oh, yeah. Most of what uh, everything I've ever gotten from um David Rao and it's yes. and it is Rao. I know it's spelled Roe, yeah. but his name is David Rao at Make Moments Matter. Um, everything I've ever gotten from him on TPT is just great. Good. All right. So I'm sorry. I'm long-winded on that's that. That's okay. Lots of opinions. Okay. Um, we
0: had some overlaps, so I was, like, quickly changing some of mine while you were talking. Just oh. so I had more people. Okay. So I'm going to start off by saying um, our good friend Christopher Roberts. Christopher Roberts is the co-author of um, the World Music Pedagogy book, volume, is it two? No, it's one. It's one. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Because it's for, like, elementary. I was going to say
1: Christopher, too, but,
0: you know. Well, and just wonderful pedagogy, you know, Kodai-inspired pedagogy, but with a global lens and just really in tune with what's going on And also
1: runs World Music Pedagogy, the program in Seattle every summer. Yeah. Dr. Karen Howard runs the one in Minneapolis.
0: That's right, yeah. So just amazing if he's ever presenting or speaking or doing anything near you, definitely go see our good friend Christopher Roberts and tell him we say hi. Mm -hmm. Um, I also want to shout out Joe Kirk who was our level one code. I know, know. don't feel bad that you didn't talk about these people. I had the, the advantage of writing down new ideas as, as you were talking. So, Joe Kirk was our level one um, uh, Kodai teacher here at Colorado State University, and, again, if she's ever presenting anywhere near you or at a she's conference. She's based in Ohio.
1: Ohio, that's right. she when, goes everywhere. She goes
0: everywhere, and, you know, excellent, especially for early childhood. That's definitely her her wheelhouse, but for all things, um, just joyful music-making. So joyful. So, yeah, I mean, that she is the epitome Mrs. of Joe. joy. We love Mrs. Joe of Joy Joe, Joe joy. Um, I want to give a shout out to someone who is a little newer on the scene but just so much fun speaking of Joy our friend Anna Santiago in California oh, yeah. in Bakersfield who we met when we went out to do a presentation for them she's hilarious yes so her stuff on, on Instagram if you follow her um, she does lots of fun videos of just her singing
1: and it's and her musicianship her man. musicianship
0: is incredible Woo. she was featured on like classic FM for doing like modal Christmas carols and yeah I mean her musicianship is great she's so joyful and fun I would love to be a student in her classroom oh and I
1: have to say yeah the musicianship that she shows on Instagram okay because there's a lot of people there's some music educators on instagram who do some things musically that leave me feeling puzzled and confused (laughs) that they teach music i'm sorry it's true but some wacky tone sets going on and some questionable stuff but then (laughs) but then anna comes in and sings "We wish you a Merry Christmas" oh, it's with a whole, whole tone. tone scale. Yeah, it's
0: whole tone Christmas carols. That's yes. what it is. Anyways, she's fantastic. Just to follow, just for the giggles, but also again, she's just awesome. solid pedagogy and joyful. And she had Miss Joe as her level one teacher too, because uh, that's Joe right. teaches in Bakersfield. Yes. Um, want to also give a shout out to Nissa Brown, somebody oh, yeah, who is course. just putting amazing work out there through her Music Ed Forward organization. Mm-hmm. She has a podcast. She has a website. She does courses. She She offers courses that are awesome. They're gold. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I also want to give one last shout out to um, our friend, Dr. Rachel Gibson, who's actually going to be coming out here to Colorado to do a Rocky Workshop in just a couple of short weeks, like the 13th of November, I want to say. I don't know if that's right. I don't have a calendar in front of me. Anyways, um, her focus is on songs from Guatemala and Nicaragua um Spanish language songs obviously and she is just a wealth of knowledge and a wonderful presenter and if you ever get a chance to see her do and I think she has a book coming out sometime soon yeah so when that comes out we'll definitely have to look out for that yes all right (laughs) last 10 here we go
1: okay this one was too hard all right uh, I mean they're all too hard um 10 favorite bands artists
0: musicians yes all right okay again first things that popped in my head Rhiannon Giddens, who is the um wonderful uh musician some people might call it bluegrass music um some people just call it old-time music. Um, banjo player, fiddler, singer, performer. She was in the Carolina Chocolate jobs for a while. Not only an amazing artist, but also a wonderful researcher. And mm-hmm. just everything she does is Amazing and fabulous. Um, I already mentioned Tori Amos, but I just had to mention her again because this was like, you know, my favorite music growing up, my adolescent music. And then as an adult, she's just coming out with a new album too, which I'm really excited to hear. Um, a band I just love to see live but also listen to is the Infamous String Dusters. They're a ah. bluegrass band. They're just fun and joyful musicians and just so much fun. And my kids and I love to listen while we're like driving out to the mountains to go hiking and we're. All singing along together. Um, a classical musician who I adore is Renee Fleming. I got to see her live here in Colorado a couple years ago and just everything she does is just with grace and impeccable tone and style and just absolutely love me some Renee Fleming. And then i just gonna throw out there Beyonce. I love Beyonce. That's right. just like Turn it up in the car, blast it. Not so much when my kids are around because they're still a little young for some of the language, but, um, you know, obviously some things. My daughter loves Beyonce too. Um, anyways, I just, her homecoming um, Netflix special, I mean, that is something I'll just watch and rewatch and rewatch and rewatch and also just have on while I'm doing other stuff. I just think she's an incredible artist and musician and performer and all things. She's really incredible. What was that noise? I don't know. We just had a weird loud noise. Wow. Okay, Tanya. <laughs> don't me. cheat. You get five. All right.
1: Okay. So, yeah. So, I'm. Mm-hmm. This was very hard. So, I'm not going with. Uh, I allowed myself one old school. Okay. Okay. Because I'm trying. I tried to go with people who have released an album in the last year. Oh, okay. Or the last two years. Right. And I have one old school exception that I just have to mention. All right, Jack White. He's yeah. got a new song out, and it is Killer. I love me some Jack White. Nice. Love the white stripes. Jack White has worked with and collaborated with lots and oh, lots of musicians. Yeah. He is a he's a, a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. I'm a big fan. Love him in concert. I I love that guitar laden in, in your face rock, Jack White for the win. Yeah. Um, Lizzo. Oh, lizzo yeah. so much lizzo in our living room um when especially when pandemic started uh, me and my family a big fan of playing lizzo tunes um all together i love that my my 16 year old son we throw him on the piano <laughs> my daughter plays the ukulele and um i play the djembe actually i give the djembe to my husband because he can keep a beat but that's about it okay he, he knows and <laughs> big big Lizzo fan and my children are of an age where we're just listening to all the crass language I don't care that's okay it's all good so I just so appreciate Lizzo um especially seeing a um female artist who is not ashamed of her size and we need more of that yes uh Fiona Apple oh yeah which honestly Fiona Apple's dropped a lot of albums that I didn't pay much attention to but her um Uh, Fetch the Bolt Cutters album that came out like in March or April of 2020 was really kind of life-changing for me and helped me out during 2020 and love Fiona Apple and I wish she would tour but it's unlikely uh, she didn't even show up at the Grammys because she's just not a fan of people yeah and I get that (laughs) um (laughs) my old school shout out has to be Joni Mitchell because Joni is very, um, she was very formative. In my formative years, she helped form. Yes. Like all my musical um, understandings and preferences and Joni Mitchell. Joni Mitchell. Joni yeah. Mitchell. Uh, Joni
0: yeah. is your, to my Tory.
1: Yeah. I was a big Tori fan too, but well, she was yeah. like my college angst, yeah. um, I've been dumped by a boy, and now I'm going to listen to Tori Amos Uh for two days straight Uh with this bottle of wine, Leave Me Alone? Yeah, that was
0: me, but without the wine. Okay. (laughs)
1: Because
0: that was high school for me.
1: (laughs) Right, right. But Joni Mitchell was just like, well, I mean, my interest in dulcimer stemmed from Joni Mitchell.
0: Right.
1: Right? And in that folksy sound, um, yeah, Joni Mitchell. And then last I have to mention Kurt Elling, because he is a jazz vocalist. And he is your musician's musician as far as jazz and um, just, he is fantastic at his improvisation skills um, and he does standards. He also has done so many covers of what used to be, or what are like rock and pop songs and does them in a jazzy way. And when he comes to town, we go, we go. Kurt Elling is just awesome. Great. All right. Hey, we did it. That was a hundred things. 100 if you're still here, here good job. And I didn't even break into my Julie Andrews that I keep This is to. true. No, yeah.
0: think it in your head. You okay. can inner-hear that. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm going to inner-hear that, Yeah. We've reached the double bar line. Thank you for listening to Music Teacher Coffee Talk. Show notes can be found at musicteachercoffeetalkpodcast.com. You can connect with us on Instagram or Facebook. Just look for the handle Teacher Coffee Talk.
0: If you enjoyed this show, please consider subscribing, rating, and leaving us a review on iTunes to help others find this podcast. You can also buy us a coffee. Look for that button on our show notes and also on our Facebook page. In our next episode, we'll be offering tips and advice for teachers who are feeling frustrated and even burnout.
1: Until next time, this is Carrie. And this is Tanya, wishing you happy musicing. Hello, and welcome to the Music Teacher Coffee Talk Podcast. I'm Carrie. And I'm Tanya. We are both elementary music teachers who love to talk shop, preferably over a steaming cup of coffee or mimosa's. This is what I,
0: <laughs> too many mimosas. Hello and
1: welcome to the Music Teacher Coffee Talk podcast. I'm Carrie and I'm Tanya. We are both elementary music teachers who love to talk shop, preferably over a steaming cup of cup. What? Oh my.